Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, it is one of the most anticipated crop reports that the market has seen this year. What is going on in Iowa with the damage done from not only the drought, but of course that derecho that crossed the state? We're going to tell you more about that after 5.30. How you doing, everybody? Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Youngke. So glad to get you started on a Thursday Glad to get you started with this weather forecast as well. Another nice day on the way. Sunshine today, 83 degrees. Tomorrow is sunny, a little warmer, 85. Saturday, 85. Sunday, back up to 86 degrees. Not much of a chance of rain in the forecast any of those days. But Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, says maybe a better chance this weekend than uh, today, for example. He's got our weather forecast in about 15 minutes. Cody Coster from Rice Dairy in Chicago is joining us live this morning. Dairy had another big drop as far as cheese prices were concerned. We'll talk about that. And the July milk production figures are in. Wisconsin saw milk production go up 1% despite 11,000 fewer dairy cows out there. We're not the only ones with that trend. Cody's got the latest update on that also before 6 o'clock. If we all go in on energy efficiency, Wisconsin is in for some big rewards. Focus on Energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the tools to grow their farm's energy efficiency and cash incentives to make it happen. Get started today. Call 888-623-2146 or visit FocusOnEnergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's FocusOnEnergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers grow since 2001. Well, no matter where you stand in the agriculture industry, a big impact and what we're going to see in our paycheck is how things are doing in the equity markets from the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse. I'm Caitlin Riley. And Pam, we've been talking a lot about what's happening in our meat industry because of COVID-19. What is happening on that forefront? You know, you're right, Caitlin. Uh, The equity livestock markets around Wisconsin and northeast Iowa have turned into a real litmus test of what's happening as far as the meat processing industry over. Overall, fabulous Farm Bay PM Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison had a chance to catch up with Kurt Larson, president and CEO of the Equity Livestock Sales Association. I've been touching base with him from time to time as he speaks every day with the major meat processors, be it beef, be it pork, even the lamb industry. And although we may feel like markets are back to more of a normal after the COVID-19 disruption this spring, We're not there yet, at least not as far as uh, pork processing, and even beef is in flux. I asked Kurt to give us an update on what he's hearing from the major meat leaders. Right. Yeah, we're we're kind of seeing a continuation of what had started. Um, you know, and if you think back uh, when we were in the heat of this COVID, um, we were having a hard time getting uh, getting volumes through the plants with employee labor issues. 
Um, and that was about the same time uh, the dairy plants were struggling getting milk processed, so we were hearing about some dumping of milk. Um, the meat plants did a tremendous job kind of pushing off some steers and, and really working uh, with us to get cows in and, and get those those dairy cows processed. Um, so our dairy cow numbers actually had went up during that time period. Uh, our slaughter slaughter numbers were above five-year and, and last-year numbers as far as volumes uh, during that, that April-May time period, I guess. But that came at the expense of, of volume for the steers and, and heifers. Um, but once we got through that, we kind of seen in November or uh, June, I guess, we started to see the change um, where the cow number started to dip a little bit and, and the steer and heifer numbers came back. And now through July, we've kind of seen that come full circle um, with uh, the cow numbers down quite a bit and the steer and heifer numbers uh, up up quite a bit. Um, not a big surprise, I guess, with a little better milk price guys maybe hanging on to those, those dairy cows. Uh, some guys that culled pretty hard back in April, May, uh, maybe have a little more room now than they did then. So um, it, it kind of fits with, with what we expected to see. But um, And I know the plants are running hard. They're, they're back to uh, uh, last year capacity, so we're, we're seeing a lot of volume moving through. Um, we do hear from some of our packers they are looking for uh, some more of those uh, better quality cows, uh, the ones that are a little more mobile, the ones that have a little more uh, body mass to them. Um, you know, we've got a lot of steers and a lot of beef cattle running through the system. It creates a lot of that uh, fatter trim, and now they need some of that lean uh, from the cows to mix with it. And a lot of those smaller framed, uh, less uh, body mass cows just don't produce enough trim for them. Yeah. So they, they're looking for some of those big ones. And the other thing is some of those uh, more mobile cows can, can handle a little longer rides. So the, the packers are a little more flexible where they can send those to get processed. But yeah. uh, Just makes sense. Just makes sense. That thought uh, now crosses my mind also, Kurt. Do we know or are we hearing anything? Some consumers have been asking me, are we bringing cattle in from outside the United States to make up some of that lean? Uh, we we have you know the, normally all along we've brought in and, and a lot of people get excited when they hear that we're bringing beef in from you know Argentina or Brazil or or New Zealand or even Australia, but but really that's what it is is it's that leaner trim that we bring in those countries typically are a little more grass based diet for their cattle so they're they're awful lean um, this not the same quality of of cuts that we get from ours so so typically when you hear about that meat being imported that's what it is is that real lean trim that that we need to mix with our fatter trim from more of our corn-fed beef here in the U.S. <laughs> Let's talk then about what's going on with uh, the hogs. That's another interesting market that a lot of folks are going to be uh, more than a little curious about. Tell me what uh, the industry is talking about with hogs. Sure. I was just, uh, I had the, the opportunity to uh, spend some time this week uh, with uh, some other leaders uh, from the National Livestock Producers Association. Basically, it's a, a group across the country of livestock marketers. Most of us are uh, producer-owned or producer-controlled uh, through co-ops and associations and whatnot. Um, and we get together a couple times a year. Um, our, our meeting this week, uh, several of us attended virtually uh, with the COVID, so it, it was a little bit of a change. But um, and, and hogs was a big topic there. Um, we had several um, markets from... Uh, Oklahoma, Nebraska, the Dakotas represented. They were talking about uh, their their larger scale hog operations out there. So um, they're kind of at that point. They believe that we'll see processors probably catching up early September. Um, they're the, they're back to processing uh, above last year's numbers already. 
Um, they have been here for a few weeks, so um, the pork processing bounced back uh, um, pretty quickly, and uh, they're doing a, a tremendous job trying to clean up uh, the surplus that's out there. Um, I know there was a, a fair number of hogs euthanized uh, through that area as well, but um, a lot of guys tried to find a way to delay them as much as they could and, and try to... Uh, to get them caught up. Um, the thing we did here is a lot of the ones that were euthanized were the younger ones. Um, so there is some speculation uh, what what we're going to see come end of the year, early next year uh, for hog supplies. Um, it you know once the packers catch up, I think we'll see slaughter numbers dip um, just on on production numbers as well. So um, be interesting to see uh, what that looks like in the next uh, six to seven months. Now, if we have to uh, give advice, shall we say, is uh, that glitch or that gap between the the hogs that are going to market now, and then if we've got a gap where we didn't have any baby pigs born, is that a trigger, Kurt, that we might want to start filling our freezer and make sure that we're prepared for first quarter 2021? I don't know that it's going to be that big of a glitch. I mean, we've, like I say, we've been running uh, slaughter well over our our five year and, and last year numbers. Um, so I mean, there's there's product out there, and I don't know how many people really changed their breeding patterns or, or how many of those younger hogs were euthanized. That you know, some guys needed room; they did what they had to do. You know, as hogs get bigger and you you don't you're not moving the biggest ones out, you need to to make room uh, somewhere else. So I, everybody kind of had a different program. Um, I just I find it hard to believe that it was that big of a group um, of individuals or operations that decided to to euthanize at that level. I'm I'm not at a point. You know, and around here we we didn't see anything of that magnitude. Um, so you know, a little farther east here, even you know the guys in the Ohio, Pennsylvania, they they didn't see that same type of thing. Their their people were more more focused on what they do with the the ones that were ready at the time and and really not looking so much at the the younger ones. So I, I think it's a little more of a regional issue, um, even though there are some larger operations out there. But I don't think it's going to be a um, I, I just don't see it being a, a mass panic type situation. I, you know, bigger issue could be you know if we get a, a huge export order and we start exporting a tremendous amount, which you know again the law of supply and demand said the price is going to affect that, and you know if product gets a little bit short and the price goes up a little bit, then that that's going to take the export out before probably sure. the domestic demand. So. Right, right. Yeah, you know, Kurt Larson along with us, President CEO of the Equity Livestock Sales Association. We're kind of constantly keeping you up to speed as farmers that want to market livestock and as consumers that uh, may have that need for uh, some good beef or pork or lamb in your in your freezer. So let's next go then, Kurt, to what is uh, the trend? What information do you want people to walk away from this interview with? Are we more back to normal? Uh, Do we have any concerns about COVID round two? Uh, you know, you. I feel bad for you because you just took over the helm of the equity livestock uh, situation right when all of this uh, burst on the scene. It's got to be just raising havoc with uh, equities uh, books for 2020. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's certainly been a challenge, um, you know, and again, we're. 
we're a member based. We're here to to serve the patrons, so we're we're trying to to keep the markets open and uh, continue to run as many sales as we can to provide those marketing opportunities. Uh, we're in regular contact with not only the Packers but a lot of our independent buyers just to try to figure out what they're looking for and where they think their prices are going to be, so we can kind of you know relay that information back and and help guide our producers as best we can. Um, you know, yeah, timing uh, certainly not uh, not what I thought I was walking into, not the way I wanted to put my first year down in ink. But uh, you know, I guess it uh, it gives us a lot of opportunity going forward. So we're we're gonna do our best to get through this year and uh, hope we can put some years of improvement on top of that. Well, we appreciate the update. Kurt Larson, again, along with us, President, CEO, Equity Livestock Sales Barn. Again, if you've got questions about what's happening right in your neck of the woods, uh, I know that one thing that always remains true, and that is that the local market managers know best who is likely going to be in those chairs and uh, what kind of demand may be on any given day. So reach out to those folks if you haven't already. And, of course, we'll keep you posted on any new details as well. Kurt Larson from the Equity Sales Association from the southern end of the world. World's longest barn in Madison. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. If you're a homebound hero, you know how important it is to protect your home from flood season. That's why you call Xander Solutions. They'll make sure your home is sealed, safe, and ready for the rain to come. Don't wait until it's too late. Call Xander Solutions today. Madison Area Crime Stoppers wants you to know that scammers are out in full force, taking advantage of all aspects of the coronavirus pandemic. The Federal Trade Commission reports that from January 1st until now, they received over 18,000 reports related to COVID-19, and people reported losing more than $13 million to fraud. Madison Police Department's West District has recently been contacted by several people who have been targets of email scams where criminals are often seeking bitcoins, a type of digital money or cryptocurrency. In one case, the email con artist claimed to know a victim's computer password and would threaten to inflict financial losses if a substantial bitcoin payment was not made. Another case involved a criminal claiming to have incriminating video involving a victim, video the criminal would send to the victim's friends and colleagues if a Bitcoin payment was not completed in an expeditious manner. In all cases, victims recognized solicitations as scams. They did not respond to emails, but they did contact police. These types of criminal enterprises are not new and have been the subject of past FTC warnings. Please continue to submit tips to Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. I do solemnly swear federal employee. that I will support and defend. I am a customs and border protection officer. My job is to keep my country Against safe. Against all enemies. We work to make the national banking system safe and sound. I am proud to work for America. Go to theyworkforus.org. Buy direct from the manufacturer and start saving on your fuel storage costs. 1,000-gallon and 550-gallon fuel tanks are in stock at USEMCO, built Wisconsin Tough and Toma. Sandblasted and urethane-coated prevents rusting and wear and tear. Plus, they come with a full factory warranty. A tough tank for a soft price from USEMCO. Visit usemco.com and click on fuel tanks. Save on your fuel storage costs with the Wisconsin company always looking after you. Visit usemco.com. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty, here we go. 519 now on a Thursday morning in time to find out what's happening with weather. Stu our ag meteorologist, joining us live via Skype. Hey, before we get to the forecast or talking weather, the weather was in part one of the reasons why we had such a good turnout for all of the things they created as alternatives to the Wisconsin State Fair. They had the fair food drive-through experience, and they just came out with the numbers, Stu. 
more than 58,000 people drove through the fair food drive-through experience. They sold two, yeah, they sold 202,000 cream puffs. Now granted, that probably pales in comparison to what would normally happen at the state fair, but still, that's a lot of cream puffs. They sold That's a lot of eating. <laughs> 16,000 <laughs> blue ribbon brownies, 10,000 slices of dill pickle pizza, 18,000 lemonades. And here's the other kicker. They had that Wisconsin Products Pavilion box, which if you've ever been to the Products Pavilion area, it's a lot of Wisconsin agriculture, like our apple growers, our wine producers, our potato growers, all of our commodity groups there. And 1,200 of those Products Pavilion boxes were delivered to 44 states, including Hawaii and Alaska. So that uh, cool. that need for the Wisconsin State Fair experience, obviously, well beyond our borders. And um, like I said, congratulations to them for coming up with those alternatives. Uh, today, I am headed out to uh, Arena. My friends at Awesome uh, Potatoes up in Friesland invited me to come out with the rest of the staff and ride a potato harvester, which I've never done. It looks like the weather is not going to slow down that harvest. No, it's going to be warm and dry. Now, I rode a potato harvester. Let's see. That would have been 1983 <laughs> when I was in Europe. Oh. So you can share your experiences tomorrow. Okay, let's plan on that. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful day to be out and about. Lots of sunshine. High pressure still nearby, but a, a little meandering front has tried to drop south out of Canada. It's on the northern edge of Minnesota, up toward the UP this morning. There's some rain off in north-central Minnesota. They had some sprinkly showers in northern Minnesota, far northwest Wisconsin yesterday. The same kind of chance today. That front remains off to our north, and I expect we stay sunny and get warmer warmer than normal now as we head toward Friday, Saturday, Sunday, even into next week with only the slightest chance of rain in southern Wisconsin in the mid part of the weekend. I'll have the forecast right after this. You take pride in the hard work you put into maximizing your soybean yields, but there's something to be said for recognizing an easier way to boost your bushels. Introducing Enlist E3 Soybeans from Dairyland Seed, the most advanced trait technology available in soybeans today, and the easiest way to send tough weeds packing and unleash your beans' full potential. So just how easy are we talking? We're talking the same wide application window you're used to, with improved weed control. We're talking herbicides that land and stay on target. We're talking tolerance to a wide range of herbicides, allowing you to use Enlist Duo or Enlist One herbicide to get weeds out of the way. So Enlist E3 soybeans can thrive just like they were designed to do. We're talking a ready-made system of seed and herbicides designed for one purpose and one purpose only, unprecedented soybean yields. Discover how revolutionary Enlist E3 soybeans are making farmers proud to plant Dairyland Seed at DairylandSeed.com. 523. Now go ahead, Stu, with that forecast. All right, sunny, warmer today. Let's talk about uh, low and mid-80s. The mid-80s up toward La Crosse, Mauston, and over toward Oshkosh, Fond du Lac, Beaver Dam. We'll be seeing a southwest breeze at 5 to 10. Clear overnight in the low 60s with the southwest winds about 5. Sunny on Friday, mid-80s again. Southwest winds at 5 to 10. And Saturday, there's that slight chance of a scattered shower. Lacrosse, Mauston to Lacrosse or to uh, Fond du Lac, Oshkosh, even Beaver Dam. That chance of rain late 
Friday night, or late Saturday night, excuse me, late Saturday or Saturday night. Otherwise, sunny, warm, mid-80s right through the weekend, Pam. Just not much of a rain chance here in southern Wisconsin. Oh, drat. All right, my friend. Thank you. I'll share my potato picking experience with you tomorrow. All right. Sounds like a plan. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with our weather details so far for a Thursday in uh, La Crosse. You've got clear skies. Starting off at 66 degrees, Mauston clear in 64. Fond Lac at the airport, clear skies in 66. Good morning, Beaver Dam, clear skies in 63. At the airport, Madison currently clear skies, also looking at 63 degrees. And like Stu said, not a lick of rain anywhere on the radar this morning. Coming up after 5.30, that's part of the issue that they're discovering on the Pro Farmer Crop Tour. It's not just about the damage done by the derecho, it's also about the drought that many farmers, especially in western Iowa, are experiencing. More on that after 5.30. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1965. And by your dairy farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy farmers of Wisconsin exist to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. I-39 Supply. Over 200 trailers in stock for work or play and complete trailer service to minimize downtime, plus a huge inventory of trailer parts. I-39 Supply. Trailer service and more. I-39Supply.com. As an emergency medical technician, I hope motorists can remember these four life-saving words. Buckle up, phones down. It means wear a seatbelt. Every seat, every trip. And when driving, stay focused on the road ahead. Protect yourself, spare your family, and emergency responders from needless trauma. Do your part to help us move towards zero deaths on Wisconsin roads. A safety message, sponsored by the U.S. and Wisconsin DOTs. With Johnson Tractor's brand new Case IH online parts store, you can order from your computer or your mobile device. Sign up for an account with Johnson Tractor and get free shipping on your first order. Johnson Tractor's Case IH online parts store is open for business 24-7, 365 days a year. Just log on at johnsontractor.com and click on the online parts store tab. Visit the brand new Case IH online parts store at johnsontractor.com. Johnson Tractor from land to lawn. Trivia time. What does a thirsty badger, spicy green goddess, and wave runner have in common? They are part of the summertime drink menu at Thirsty Goat in Fitchburg. The restaurant and patio are now open. Enjoy some of this Wisconsin weather on the outside patio, sipping on one of the summertime drinks from Thirsty Goat while enjoying a basket of ribs. Chicken wings, burnt ends, that's the crispier corners of the brisket. Their smokehouse favorites from the prime brisket, pulled pork, kielbasa, or enjoy a delicious salad while you're enjoying your summertime drink with Thirsty Goat in Fitchburg. Over these past few months, they've done a great job with the curbside checkout to go orders, and that will continue during the reopen at Thirsty Goat in Fitchburg for your next lunch or dinner. And hey, if you're planning a business lunch or a graduation celebration, check out their to-go menu for those options as well. It's all online at thirstygoatbrew.com. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. 
We're ready to take on tough cases. Some firms won't take them. It's not the field that they play on. And that's okay. But when it comes to personal injury cases, Clifford and Rihala is ready to play and win on any and all fields. There have been a number of times when other firms have asked us to handle their most complex cases. And we relish these opportunities because that's where the most skilled attorneys can make the biggest impact for clients. We aren't afraid of hard work, and we won't shy away from putting in the extra hours it takes to win tough cases. We do absolutely everything that is necessary to bring you the best result we can. And that's what it's going to take to get you all that you deserve for your injuries and everything you've lost. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Raihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys, fighting for you, for justice. MyJustice.com Neon, day glow, flashing lights, special effects. Today's world puts our sense of sight on overload. Luckily, there are places we can go to refocus our senses. Our national wildlife refuges. It's a wonder how much you'll see once all the distractions fade away. You may see a lone eagle soaring past massive snow-capped mountains. Or a great horned owl perched stoically on a branch nearby. You may see the furry face of a baby sea otter curiously poking its head out of the dark blue sea. Or ancient rocks shaped by centuries of wind. When you see these things, you're seeing the world the way we found it. With over 500 refuges across America, you don't have to go far to make a special connection with nature. Learn more at fws.gov refuges. That's fws.gov refuges. Jewelry is always the perfect gift for that special someone. You want to go to Goodman's Jewelers, where they have the experience and patience to work with you to find that perfect diamond. Pendant necklace, diamond earrings, engagement ring. It'll be a one of a kind and all yours at Goodman's Jewelers. A couple blocks from the Capitol on State Street. I didn't realize how big of a reaction that this story would have got when it comes to the Ohio State reporter and insider Jeff Snook, who said that um, the Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith is trying to piece together a plan behind closed doors to have a 16-team league, essentially. The sixth Big Ten team. Ohio State, Penn State, Nebraska, and Iowa, and possibly Wisconsin along with Michigan. Now, this comes from And they're going to call it the Big Ten. (laughs) Well, (laughs) if it sounds weird, they'll have four less teams this year with six instead of four four more. more. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) <laughs> but we're still the Big Ten. Yeah, but six teams. This all comes from this Ohio State reporter and insider that his sources say athletic director of Ohio State, Gene Smith, with the full support of school president-elect Christina Johnson, are just doing this behind the scenes. I, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm not going to pretend That's like we're going to see exactly it. what I was going to ask you. Remember when we first had the news come out that football was canceled and we're like, oh, this is BS. Yeah. Everyone was down. Everyone was mad. Then all of a sudden there was a little pushback, right? Some of the coaches started coming out and saying we wanted to play. The, obviously the players were the loudest that came out and said they wanted to play, Justin Fields. And we, we kind of said, well, I propose the question, what are the odds you think with the parents writing in, the coaches and the players doing all this, that this season will actually play in the Big Ten? And RJ immediately said zero. I and said then you said point one, And then I said I'll give it a 5% chance. Where are you at now? Point two. 
<laughs> but it went up. Barely. It's it's going up. Uh, that what? stock is rising. 0.2%, Rowdy. That's where I'm at. I'm it, going, it, it rose. I'm also going to double up, and I'm going to go 10%. Wow. Now, they say, according to this, now, keep in mind, this is according to this Ohio State Reporter Insider and his sources. Didn't name any sources, so keep it with a grain of salt. But, apparently, Ohio State, Penn State, Nebraska, and Iowa are a go. Mm. They need two other teams, and it's possible, possible, that they could convince Wisconsin and Michigan. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Nuno's Nelson on Twitch here. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see college football this year, but what is the point of six-team season? Nuno's. Nuno's. What would NHL hockey fans say to you about the original six teams? Mm. When the NHL started, they only had six teams. Preach it, brother Rowdy. Those teams are historic. Those teams are celebrated. I think, we, I think we changed the conference name. We celebrate these six teams that step up and play, and instead of the Big Ten, we call them the Courageous Six. The Courageous Six! Beautiful! They will forever be celebrated as warriors on and off the gridiron. The Courageous Six! Rowdy! I love it! It's great. I know Gene Smith, the Ohio State Athletic Director, is listening. Everyone listens to this show. The Courageous Six. True Patriots. We could call it the Patriots Conference. Rowdy? We could call it the Patriot League, except for there already is one, but they're not playing. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they're Patriots. All right, 608-321-1670, Twitter's own Madison, if you had a reaction on that. <laughs> How many games would they have? Guess Who, what? Doesn't five. Matter. Five, because you play everyone once. But, but would it matter? We'd have Maybe football. twice. Maybe we'll go interdivision like it's NFL. You play everyone in your division yeah, twice. twice. You got five other teams. You play them twice. That's 10 games. You get to the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. And you got the courageous schedule. six. Boom! Rowdy, you just got me fired up. I was lamenting about the Bucks losing to the Magic in the first game of the opening round. I was lamenting that the Brewers almost got no hit, but ended up losing in 12 to the Twinkies 4-3. to The Courageous Six has me feeling just patriotic and fired up. Play every team twice, just like it was like the NFL interdivision. You, sir, deserve a gold star Ten for the games, day. Same as all the other uh, conferences that decided to play 10-game seasons and had every uh, team in the conference on board. And hopefully, it would make it would only make sense, right? Yeah. There's only four Power Five conferences playing. The winner of your your conference gets into the playoff. You have a four team playoff again. Beautiful. No funny business. No two SEC teams. No funny business here. No, Get no. it done. Gene Smith, continue to be the leader that we need. I don't. I don't know if I'm ever going to say this again, but it's nice to see Ohio State leading the charge here. <laughs> Yeah, when have you ever said that? <laughs> Nuno's Nelson on Twitch says, All right, Rowdy, you got me sold. If she's not milking the cows, she's talking about them. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know, this morning, that's actually true. We've got the July milk production figures out. Uh, Wisconsin saw milk production go up, despite the fact that we've got 11,000 fewer cows in the state this year compared to last. Uh, We'll give you the numbers and take a look at the 24 major dairy-producing states as a group before we hit 6 o'clock. I'm Pam Yonke. 
Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. So today, the 20th day of August, on this day back in 1988, the Iran-Iraq War came to an end. Seven years that they'd been fighting, and it all started when Iraq invaded Iran. Turf war began. On this day in 1992, rocker Sting wed his wife, Trudy Styler. And on this day, back in 2017, comedian Jerry Lewis passed away. And now you know. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's happening with the latest crop progress report from Iowa. The Pro Farmer Crop Tour is out. And yesterday, they started one of the most anticipated legs of that trip in Iowa. Fellow farm broadcaster Dustin Hoffman's along with the Crop Scouts. While the eastern leg remains in the state on Thursday, the western leg covered the western three crop districts, 1, 4, and 7. The western part of the state has been fighting drought conditions for much of the season. Then they were the entry point for last week's derecho storm. There was no altering the plans to how the tour was going to attack the state. If scouts found fields, standing or not, they would count the ears on the fields that had viable plants. If the plants were dead and or rotting, they would mark a zero for the area, just like what would happen if they came to a drowned out spot or a field that had no ears. Western Tour Leader Jeff Wilson talks about what they saw in the western part of Iowa. District 7 turned out to be in fairly good shape. However, plant populations were down. As they headed north, the drought strain got worse and worse. So we started out in District 7 in the southwest corner of uh, Iowa, and things were pretty good. And it was uh, a situation where it hasn't been stressful. It's had enough rain. What, I guess the biggest disappointment in our number was that the, the plant populations were down from both the three-year and the one-year comparisons. And so there wasn't as good a factory there. Then that carries through when we go a little further north into District 4, where the plant populations were light again. But what happened in District 4 is that drought has really taken over and the grain length the tip back from that heat and that dryness has cost the, uh, the corn crop uh, grain inches. And the other thing was the, uh, you know, the rows around was about the same as normal. So it was a plant population and the grain length was much smaller than expected. So we lost 10% relative to uh, last year's uh, yield count in that district four, which is in the center of the state. District one had turned out a much better ear count in that 60 foot a row. But here again, the problem was the grain length was much smaller than expected. It's a really strange situation that the drought seems to have been much bigger than expected. Western Tour Scout Jared Creed said that while the drought was no secret, the extent of its area was a shock. The Iowa resident says he's never seen such widespread dryness in western Iowa. Uh, I don't think it's any secret that we've had a handful of dry counties. I think the uh, misunderstanding of that dryness was the impact of surrounding counties around there. I've never seen it so dry from I-80 all the way potentially up to the Iowa-Minnesota border. And I'm talking dry. I'm talking fields that uh, appear that they might not even had a couple inches as planting. Wilson said that the fat lady is warming up. They need at least an inch of rain by the end of the month. That could help the beans, but the corn might be too far along. You can hear the fat lady singing, as they say, and uh, she's warming up. And the question now is, it, it really will take a rain really quick and really quick in my mind is by late next week, you know, somewhere in the uh, August 27th, 28th, 29th period. That is the at the very latest. If we could get a good inch rain at that point in time. So by the 29th, 28th, 29th of August, I think the beans can uh, have a nice recovery. But the corn, it's already pretty far along. It's already uh, at a stage where it's early dense. 
and it's already been filling the kernel. And so the money making time for is right now. And, you know, maybe 10 days from now, uh, it's the plan is going to die off too much. The, the rain will be too late to push those sugars and starches into the kernels. The final numbers for Iowa will not be out until Thursday night. In District 1, the decline in corn yield was 2% from last year, and soybeans were down 7.5%. District 4 lost 10% yield on corn from the year prior, while soybeans declined 1.6%. And District 7 had a loss of only 8 tenths of a percent on corn, but lost 4.7% from last year. The big question was how much damage was there from the derecho storm on August 10th? The closer you got to... Uh districts uh, two, five, and and, uh, and eight, so the center part of the state, uh, that's where a lot of it is. But uh, there, were, there were several uh, trips that were in our uh, eastern part of our western tour of, of Iowa, and, and they did see some crop areas that were hit by the winds, uh, but it's not going to be anywhere near the damage that uh, that uh, the eastern part of the Pro Farmer Crop Tour will survey on Thursday. The eastern leg of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour completes its check of Iowa on Thursday. The western leg will go into southern Minnesota. I'm Dustin Hoffman. Thanks, Dustin. Now remember, in just a moment, we'll be talking with Cody Coster from Rice Dairy. Obviously, we'll focus in on dairy, but we're also going to be talking about the market's reaction to the Pro Farmer Crop Update from yesterday. Well, let's talk a little bit about Wisconsin's milk production. The month of July, pretty good for our dairy producers. The state produced 2.62 billion pounds of milk in July. Now, that's up 1% compared to last year, and we're doing it with fewer dairy cows. 1.26 million head across the state, 11,000 fewer cows than we had a year ago, but every one of those cows producing about 30 pounds of milk more this year than she did last. The 24 major dairy-producing states as a group saw milk production go up 1.5%. South Dakota had the biggest jump, up 11.5%. Indiana, up 6%. Meanwhile, states like Florida, with that summertime heat, down almost 6%. New Mexico, down 5.3%. If Wisconsin looks at its neighbors, Minnesota had a 1.5% increase in July milk. Michigan was up 2.7% and Iowa up 2.3%. Rice Dairy Analyst Cody Coster joining us in just a moment. Right now in overnight electronic trade, our corn and beans are trading lower. And like I said, a lot of that anticipating information coming out of eastern Iowa today from that pro-farmer crop tour. December corn is currently down a penny and a quarter at 338. November soybeans currently down six and a quarter cents at 907. September wheat's down a half right now at 511. July new crop wheat down a quarter of a cent at 536 a bushel. As far as dairy's concerned, yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese dropped eight and a quarter cents to 131 and three quarters on one trade. 40 pound block cheese down eight and three quarter cents at 171 on one trade. Double A butter, that was up a quarter of a cent yesterday at 152 and a quarter and 22 trades there. I'm going to talk more about that volume with Cody in just a little bit. September milk is right now trading 27 cents lower at 1526. October milk currently down 16 at 1648 a hundredweight. Well, like I said, what's going on when it comes to the dairy markets? What's going on with market reaction to the Pro Farmer Crop Tour? 
Cody Coster, one of the market analysts with Rice Dairy in Chicago, joining us live from Chicago next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Pride is an incredible feeling. It's satisfaction, confidence, self-respect, and determination all rolled into one. But it's not something you can pluck out of thin air. It's got to be earned through honest, hard work that pays off in the end. At Dairyland Seed, we don't just want you to team up with us. We want to make you proud that you did, and we work hard to earn that pride. So when you plant one of our top-performing corn or soybean products, you'll know it's been selected specifically for your region, soil, and conditions. When you meet your personal Dairyland seed rep, you'll know they'll be walking your acres with you, hands in the dirt, helping you make the best decisions for your success. And when you see the results come harvest, you'll know exactly what it means to be Dairyland seed proud. If you're ready to discover Dairyland seed pride, we're ready to start earning it. Find a rep in your area at DairylandSeed.com. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Sure is easier to listen to us because I've got Cody Coster from Rice Dairy in Chicago joining us live in just a moment. Good morning, Lacrosse. You're clear in 66, Mauston clear in 64, Fond du Lac clear in 66, Beaver Dam, you are down to 61 degrees, Madison clear and 63 degrees. No rain in the forecast, though at least not until the weekend. Well, let's talk all things dairy. Uh, Cody Coster, again, one of the market analysts with Rice Dairy down in Chicago, joining us live via Skype this morning, and we are talking about the latest milk production figures. Again, despite our dairy farmers' best efforts when it comes to handling the economic upheaval of COVID-19, they have ratcheted back on their cows, at least in Wisconsin, by some 11,000 head compared to last year. The catch is we still have got such fantastic genetic potential out there that every one of the cows that remains, 30 pounds of milk more this year than last. You know, that's that's not a train that we're going to turn around anytime soon, is it, Cody? Uh, no, Pam, I think you hit it right on the head there. The, the genetics in the Midwest seems to be pretty good, and that's uh, where the milk production kind of draws your eyes right away. In Wisconsin, up uh, 0.6% in July. Michigan, 2.7% higher. And New York, 1.7% higher. Um, The total United States was actually 1.5% higher year over year in July. So 
all of these different co-ops that we heard that were cutting production five to ten percent. I think we've seen now that maybe with the $24 class three and milk needing to move, especially in the class one realm, a lot of that production cap was taken off. And this July report just goes to prove that. I've got to ask you, because I'm getting so many questions, Cody, if we're near the end of the severe discounts that Wisconsin dairy producers specifically have been paying for that producer price differential, you know, normally that's what Wisconsin is so happy with. It uh, brings us our premiums. But man, I'm telling you, since early this spring, that PPD has turned against our Wisconsin dairy farmers in unestimated painful, you know, costs. Yeah, um, I would say this last milk check is probably one of the worst PPDs that we saw. Some places reporting negative $8.25. I know some folks in Wisconsin, I talked to you, negative two fifty. Um, that PPD is, uh, it, it's a bad swing. You know, you take the difference between class three and the actual blended price of class one, two, three, and four, um, and, and add on top of that a little bit of deep pooling, which you're seeing happen because of such a high class three run up and guys are going to get that sucked right out of the milk check. I mean, hopefully going forward, if we can narrow this class three, class four spread, it could get a little better. Um, but still in August, between class three and class four, you're still talking about a $7 spread between the two. So we've got a little bit of work to do to narrow those two up. You mentioned depooling. Uh, maybe for the non-farm audience, you can give us just a you know layman's uh, definition of what depooling is. And how much are we still continuing to see? Now we're going into what would have been a school year. Now everything's still up in the air about whether kids are going to be there or not, what the school lunch program looks like. Maybe just a quick layman's definition of of depooling and if we're still seeing much of it. I think PVD and depooling are probably two of the hardest things to really, uh, you know, in my opinion, explain or understand. Uh, but a quick layman's terms is, is if, you know, in this instance, class one, two, three, and four uh, is the blended price, which is which the federal order is paid on. When you have class three that goes so much above there to $25, and let's say the blended price was at uh, $17 or $18, there are different uh, co-ops or different companies that can depool that milk. They can take it out of the pool and not have to pay on that because they're already paying such a high premium on the class three price at $25. So by them taking it out of that, it is kind of essentially like them taking it you know, a little bit out of the milk check at the same time. Cody Coster from Rice Dairy down in Chicago joining us. And that's a very good, very good way to explain it because ultimately I'm sure the dairy companies, dairy cooperatives that say they depooled, it's they hope, I'm sure, to put it back on the bottom line for the cooperative but because of the losses earlier this year. So now what are we hearing as far as market reaction and the school lunch program and that going forward, Cody? We got nailed again yesterday as far as a cheese market was concerned, but butter continues to get a lot of interest. 22 trades yesterday makes me wonder if they're not buying for the holiday early. Yeah, that's kind of been the, the scuttlebutt around uh, the industry right now is are people trying to buy before the month of September hits and trying to get some of that holiday buying. If you're a cheese company, it would kind of make sense to sit back a little bit, see where prices come. Uh, we had the global dairy trade auction on Tuesday. Our price in cheese is finally coming into that realm of the rest of the world. So if we can get cheese 
I think we're sitting at a dollar fifty-one average right now. Let's say we drop that another nine to ten cents, right, and we get that to a dollar forty. That could mean a lot more exports for the United States. Get that product out, get some of it, you know, the curve flattened a little bit, and and bring in that fresh cheese just in time for the holiday demand. But kind of like you said, time is going to dictate that. Uh, we were a little bit lower yesterday, and I'm looking at futures right now. Uh, you know, sad to say, class three sitting about. 20 cents lower through October. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're down to like 13 bucks or whatever if you look at Chicago. So uh, let's uh, continue to talk about where our cheese is going. Are we getting any export action that we're not paying attention to, Cody? Cody any hot market that uh, our dairy farmers should know about? From different companies that we talk to, the export market is picking up a little bit. And like I said, it's a lot easier to get it out the door at $1.50, maybe $1.40 than it was at at $2.70, obviously. Um, I think another thing that people are, you know, might have forgotten a little bit about as schools kind of ramp up this week and next is there is still possibly a third round of buying for this food box program, which essentially would be more cheese, uh, block cheese, and possibly butter sticks. They're talking about getting the class four realm in there. You can't really do it with non-fat. It's not like you're going to stick a bag of non-fat in there and have more people cook with it. Um, but I think butter is kind of what they're looking at to put in and saying, okay, there can be people that put butter on toast, maybe put it in your coffee for, for keto. Um, and there's different things that you could do with that for cooking. Hmm. Yeah, good point. Good point. So, you know, we were talking about, uh, that world market, world auction market and that type of thing. What are we seeing as far as the products? Are, is any particular region Heavy and up on on non-fat dry or skim powder, anything anything that you're noticing, Cody, as far as the world's movement in uh, processing this milk or trying to get it into the market? Not really. I mean, the biggest one that I was trying to keep an eye on was the cheddar cheese price, which did fall um, about 3.5% in the last GDT results, which would be about uh, 150, 155-type-ish price. Uh, so that was a big one that I was keeping my eye on to see where our cheese price needed to fall at. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, the class four price is down so low into this low $13 range that I wasn't really focusing too much on the butter, um, but yeah. trying to narrow the gap mm-hmm. with our cheese price to yeah. the next is really where the focus is, I think. Cody Coster from Rice Dairies along with us. Cody, how can they get a head, uh, hold of you guys? Uh, yeah, my email here is going to be cjk at ricedairy.com. Uh, just drop me an email, and I will try to respond as soon as possible. Excellent. Thanks so much, man, for getting up early with us again today. Cody Coster from Rice Dairy down in Chicago. Rise and shine on a Thursday morning, giving us all the dairy information news that you need to begin your day. That is for sure. I'm beginning my day out in arena, riding a potato harvester. You can follow the fun, I hope fun, fingers crossed, activity online. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. This is the Midwest Farm Report with...